Hello and welcome to Force for Thought. Today, Luke is going rogue. Luke, what are you going rogue about? Today I am going rogue about the 2006 comic series Star Wars Legacy. Ooh. Fun. I heard it's a good one. <laughs> Hello and welcome. Before I get into my Rogue One, I'd like to talk about the idea of these Rogue Ones. This is our seventh or eighth that we've done, and I think each one has been to varying degrees of success. Some people, ourselves and the fans, have mentioned that what they really like about these Rogue Ones is getting to hear about the Star Wars story that they never would dedicate the time to read or play when it was Jedi Survivor or all of the High Republic. And some people just like hearing our conversations about something, even if they don't know anything about it. So this month, I am trying something new, and I want to give the listener the opportunity to have it either way. I have taken it upon myself to preemptively record and upload a full synopsis of the 56-issue series to YouTube. It's on there right now. If you want to hear about this story in detail, about the plot, the characters, the lore, go watch that video. It's 63 minutes long, and I recognize that most people listening to a podcast right now are at work or in the car, and you don't want to go watch an hour-long YouTube video. So you can go watch it later. You can just listen to us talk about it, because I did just make Matt and Max watch it. So we are going to have a discussion with all three of us on relatively even playing field in terms of understanding the story and the characters. Yeah, so we'll sit here for 63 minutes in silence as you watch that and then come back here. That's basically what the three of us just did in real life. Is We started this episode and then we paused to go watch that YouTube video. All right, what did you guys think of, I guess, my synopsis YouTube video, but well, the, the comic series? Okay, so cause those to me are separate things. The synopsis that you did, I think, was very informative and also... <laughs> Uh, very funny in, in, in certain parts. And so I feel like I understood it. You know, I mean, we literally looked at, I would assume every page of the comic is what you went through almost. Okay. And the video? Yeah. Was it? No, only like five to 10 pages of the 23 pages in each oh, issue. Oh, okay, cool. Well, I mean, so, I mean. So I did have to skip a lot. There's a lot that I left out. Um, mm-hmm. But I tried to just hit the highlights and all the big character moments. Okay. Because I was going to say one of my, I guess the overall thought, I mean, besides getting in the, into the weeds for it, um, but it's like, I, it's such a of-its-time comic, I think. Legacy is such an interesting and weird thing that I don't love because it's one of those things where it's like, oh, this happens to the lineage of the Skywalkers or the Solos or anything. And then it's just like, you know, you again, we only saw a little bit of it, but like the basis, I feel like usually you want to like a character, but I feel like for <laughs> Cade, Skywalker, the main character... It's he's just kind of this guy that we see. I don't know. He's just dealing with death sticks and all. He's not really like he doesn't seem to have many much dimension to him besides like anger. And then I feel like it's saying surface level the entire time, and then it expects you uh, to go on this massive journey because you said this ran from two thousand six to two thousand twelve. Two thousand ten. Okay, so that's that's like a long amount of time to stick with a comic series. But my uh, sorry, don't have to drag on. But the the biggest thing is just it seems like gritty for gritty sake, and it feels like such 1990s comic book writers made this where it feels very much of the era of like Frank Miller and like Sin City or like Spawn where it's just like the art is really gritty and mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like Star Wars to me. It feels like the 90s underbelly gritty uh, comic book scene forced upon a Star Wars uh, story. I agree wholeheartedly. I, um, I'm i not that familiar with my comic book history mm-hmm. like that, but just reading it, like I can tell it's, 
vastly different from the comics that are released today that are coming out now. Yeah. It feels like it was written by the stereotypical basement dweller nerd <laughs> that people think Star Wars fans are. Maybe they were right 20 years ago. Yeah. And that's what Star Wars fans were then. I don't want to potentially alienate some of the audience if they no, were that I... person 20 years ago. But it's just so many things from like the way they treat the Jedi and... Uh, I'll get I'll get into details in a second. Max, what do you think? I disagree with everything you could have said. That was so badass. That was so cool. <laughs> okay. I loved everything about it. It was very gritty. I love the grittiness. I love all the different like we were joking about like how just overly sexualized everything was for seemingly no reason. Uh, the death sticks thing was dark. It was good. I liked it a lot. I don't know. Was... I thought it was really cool. I thought I liked the, the character designs and everything it was really cool. We were kind of joking while we were watching it um, that for some reason every Sith is just apparently looks like Darth Maul. Yeah, that's a lore thing that... So the reason I chose this comic series is because I have not read all of Legends and there's hundreds of books and comics and I mm -hmm. didn't want to get all caught up on the years and years of lore. So this series takes place like 150 years after the Skywalker saga and it was... Like, I read the, you know, synopsis or whatever the Marvel Unlimited claims is a synopsis because you should go check out my synopsis if you want a true one. But <laughs> it talks about, like, it's 150 years later, so all the characters are new and it's like the state of the galaxy is completely different. And I was like, oh, great. I don't need any of this Legends backstory. You kind of do. There's a lot to do with the Yuuzhan Vong War, um, the Fell Empire, a lot of stuff that's in Legends and I was still kind of lost. And another thing that's in the Legends continuity, I guess, is... Sith have red and black tattoos to look like Darth Maul. It's not just like a Darth Maul is born that way in the current canon, but in Legends, you go to Korriban, become a Sith, and get red and black tattoos to look like that, which I think is way cooler. That's that's pretty rad. Yeah, but it's also like a Metachlorian thing, I feel like, too, where it's like you have to then look like that versus I feel like that it opens not having that no, as it's a the Sith opposite basis. because you can... You go get the tattoos. You can become to look like that. You don't have to be born into it. No, I know, but it's so much cool when there's like so many different variations of Sith, or you don't know who is a Sith. I think I love yeah, that aspect of it. They definitely can't go like the series ends with the Sith going undercover, but like, look at you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> everyone knows exactly. That's what I mean. It's just being like, oh, you could be, uh, you know, like a, like a good looking Zabrak and and not be evil even or something. I mm -hmm. think that's the interesting aspect of it too. Again really backed themselves in the corner, much like Max earlier in this episode. No. <laughs> it was really interesting listening or knowing that it was 150 years in the future and then like seeing how everything has kind of like progressed, like a lot of the ship variations. You're like, okay, I can see how that like kind of came from a Star Destroyer. Um, the Imperials or like the equivalent thereof uh, still had like the same Imperial uniform but had like some really cool black pauldrons that they like wore over their shoulders with yeah. like the insignia on the you chest the and stuff. the Stormtroopers or the Imperial Knights? No, just... Like the, uh, oh, like neither. The Some of the characters, yeah, the, the Moffs, Imperial yeah. officers, um, and I thought that was really cool. And then mm -hmm. on the other end of that was the stormtroopers who didn't age at all; they were still just stormtroopers. <laughs> yep, right. And I was like, oh, really? No upgrades for them, huh? You got to have just regular stormtroopers. I think that's part of my, my my problem with like the the design of it, or maybe it's the the core of the story. I just don't like stories like that. Um, that has this legacy characters, right? 150 years later, but basically just all nothing matters, basically, right? Like they kind of did everything they did is for nothing. And then all of a sudden, like that lineage, they're like literally junkies fight, you know, just like in this, like 
the bowels of like it seems like 1970s gritty New York, but it's the full galaxy. And so it's like, well, that sucks for rewatching the original trilogy to be like, oh, it's all gonna end bad anyway. Yeah, I remember I was one time looking at like Wikipedia articles and it mentioned the second Galactic Civil War, and I was like, oh, geez, they go and do the whole thing again. And I guess that's this series. And yes, they go, they do go do the whole thing yeah. again. But that is, in my opinion, the best part of this series. The lore and the state of the galaxy is exceptional. When I started reading this series, I straight up disliked it. Like, I wasn't just not quite on board. I thought it was actively bad. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even change my mind until, like, two-thirds of the way through when we started getting more of those uh, Gar Stasi and the Galactic Alliance solo issues. All of that stuff was fantastic. The Rowanfell Empire and the Imperial Knights, the way that they use the Force, but they're not Jedis. They all have white lightsabers, and they just serve the Empire but only so long as the Emperor serves the light side of the Force. Mm -hmm. That was fascinating, and I absolutely loved it. Where I didn't like it was all of the characters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Almost every single character I kind of dislike for different reasons. Well, it was also hard to distinguish. Usually there's like a, like a mold for characters, right? It's like, oh, Luke's the main character, and you have Han, which is kind of like the his, the antithesis of him, and you have like his companion, which is Chewie. So you have like kind of the archetypes, and I think in this comic there was just kind of I don't know. I didn't really see any archetypes like that. They wanted to make everyone like edgy and different and dark. And it just made everyone dislikable. Like not just not quite as likable as they could be. Like I actually dislike most of them. Yeah. Cade Skywalker obviously is the the protagonist of the story. And he is just very rarely has any redeeming qualities. And so it was really hard to like him. He's got a cool goatee though. <laughs> He had a, he had like a lot going on. I'm going to defend him because I haven't read the series. I only read your synopsis or listened, watched your synopsis. And based on that, I I mean, I didn't dislike him. All right. Well, let's let's get into it because some mm -hmm. of the writing is so atrocious. And this also gets into the way it treats women, which I don't remember if we've talked about on pod before, the way the movies treat women, which I don't think is great. Yeah. But this series is absolutely hilariously misogynistic. So I got I got some handouts where you guys can go through some of the dialogue because oh, it you. just wouldn't track with me saying it. And I want you guys to be surprised. So don't read ahead. Go ahead. Max, you'll be reading the part of Delia Blue, Cade's love interest. And Matt, you'll be Cade. You've okay, just perfect. taken aboard missionaries, Marisaya Fell and Astral Vow, and Cade has offered them Blue's bedroom. So Cade, or no, Blue goes first. That's Maxwell. Go ahead, Max. Have you lost your mind? Two Imperial missionaries on a run from the Sith and no creds? Not good. And those are my clothes and my room. You can bunk in the engine for now. Rather bunk with you. Yeah, sure, whatever makes you happy. Now shut up and let me check something. <laughs> oh my god. It's like a punchline that's to a bad joke up. about sexism. And, and that's what I mean. I think by like the 90s, I feel like it feels... Yes, it's exactly like that. It's... My it jaw is, literally it. dropped when I read that. It's also so funny where it's just like, okay, now I need to leave and do something else. So it's, I, yeah, it, that's the thing is like it, Kate and everybody else just feels like it's like such a man's world in the fact that it's like whatever anybody, I don't know, just says like doesn't matter besides that main character you're focusing on. I did, this isn't the time to interject this. I did enjoy like listening and watching that video and I was like enthralled into it. Um, Good. But um, yeah, that's some bad writing and... <laughs> It's not just bad writing. It is, I think that is stellar writing. <laughs> yeah, that is exactly what I'm looking for in a comic. Hurtful. When I'm reading my comics alone in my basement in my dark. Yeah, with your fedora on. <laughs> 
every it, every single woman is written like that. And Max, you've mentioned before the, about some X Men comic author that has, when he writes new characters, he thinks, "Could this character be female? Why or why not?" This series, they Chris did the Claremont exact was his name. Okay, yes. thank you. Very famous. X-Men this author. series did the exact opposite and said, <laughs> "Can this character be male?" And the answer is no if they are a love interest to a male or someone's mom. So yeah, that's that's Nina true. Kalik's, a lot Nina of Day is surprisingly Gunnar Yage's mom because she is also Moff Yage's ex-wife and Admiral Veed's current side hoe. So she has two <laughs> love interests and is the mom to one of the only twenty-year-olds. And then we have Morgan Cord, who is Cole Skywalker's side hoe and Cade's mom, and then. It's revealed like halfway through that those two characters are actually the same character. Yep. Because the only thing better than having two character, two girls in your series is just making the girl one girl and have them be the love interest to three different characters and the mother of two different characters. And this does the same. This this story does the same thing that Star Wars I think gets faulted for, where it's just just everybody's related to somebody. <laughs> yes. And also, there's like three arms that are chopped off. Also, <laughs> yeah, it does have a lot of arms that are chopped off, which I think is missing from current Star Wars. I I really like this series for that. Chop <laughs> off more arms. The Wolf Sazen gets his arm chopped off in like the second issue, and then he meets that Sith later, mm-hmm. and the Sith calls him one arm to yes, his face. Yeah. That is vicious. I know. Again, the writing. Um, other other female characters. Aslan Ray is a an Imperial, um, knight, and she was a former Jedi, which is interesting. Like divided loyalties and stuff, mm-hmm. but. The only character development that she has is that she used to date Cade when she was a Jedi, and now she dates yeah. Gunner Ye- Ganner Krieg when she's an Imperial Knight. And it's like, why does every single girl... Marisaya Fell is the daughter to Emperor Rowan Fell, and the only development she has yeah. is that Ganner... Uh, excuse me, it's going to be really difficult for you guys <laughs> if I can't even keep them straight. Um, but some guy um, wants to marry her, and that's everything about her. Darth Talon. Have you guys seen Darth Talon before? Was this... The first time you've actually like ever seen a picture yeah. or artwork of her? Was. Max? I've seen her in pictures before. She is very common in like art. I remember when I first started going to cons in like 2015-16, I would see a lot of um, art, like thirst trap art of Star Wars and other nerd culture female characters in like bikinis and stuff. And I remember I would always see like Leia and Padme and Ahsoka and Darth Talon. And I was like, why do they have to sexualize all these characters? And... This one, no. She's just as sexualized in this comic. She has no agency. She doesn't do anything other than seduce Cade because she's a girl and might as well make her a boy unless she's going to seduce the main character. And famously, George Lucas has expressed interest in liking this character. And I'll just, I can give you two guesses why he likes Darth Talon. Because <laughs> I'm sure it's not her writing. Darth Malati is the literal singular female character that is not a mom or love interest. And she's not that great of a character, but well, she does have go. more than one scene. Your, and your theory not is disproven, man. I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, there is a lot. Garstazi is incredible. He's the uh, Galactic Alliance uh, Admiral, and he was great. He mm-hmm. was very cool. For some reason, they did not have the same artist for all of them. And there was, like, very distinctly two different artists, one for a lot of the Garstazi content and one for all the rest. And for, like, half of the Garstazi content with this other artist, he looks dumb as hell. Did you guys <laughs> notice that? The duros that looked like his face was falling off? <laughs> yes, I think you pointed it out. But look, I do want to mention the artwork, though, because we talked about how it looked gritty. I really liked the gritty artwork. 
Uh, the covers, which we kept joking about throughout the video, not great. Trash. The, those were really bad artwork uh Comic well, covers. Covers notoriously supposed to be the attention grabber, right? It's yeah. A, it's it's the opposite. To, yeah. yeah. It literally is just characters. It looks like an actual photo that is like cartoonized digitally versus actually hand drawn with no background. Yeah, it looked like there were just like promo photos that were taken of yeah. people dressing up as these characters. Like before like when a Star Wars movie's released or something and like Variety comes out with a photo shoot of like a dozen pictures yep. and you're like, oh, these are cool. That's what that felt like yes. to me. Mm -hmm. I agree. Bad. And it's like you can't fumble there on a comic book. That's if you're yeah. going to get anything right, you at least got to get the cover right yeah. if you're going to be successful. And the artwork is really good, too. I also, also mm -hmm. I, it's By just not large... necessarily what I prefer. Like, the Han Solo comic, what we reviewed a while back, is like what I prefer style-wise. Um, That's great artwork. Yes. But, like, again, this is very good. It's just not my style that I, I prefer. Most of it is very good. I don't know the logistics that go into it, because I know the same writer wrote all 56 issues, but it was definitely not the same artist. And some of the issues had straight-up bad art, in my opinion. Like... The Joker Squad one-off and the, the Mandalorian one-off, which would have been cool. Hondo Carr was in a Stormtrooper, and then he was in Rogue Squadron, and then he becomes a Mandalorian, and then we just never see him again, which is kind of a victim of the Disney acquisition. Mm -hmm. I'm sure he was going to get his own book or comic, and then they just did away with this whole continuity. Was so, that the Mando one-off? Because mm -hmm. that was the weirdest art in the whole thing, because even the panels were so odd. A couple of them, just uh, issue four and 41 were both one-offs and both done by different artists, and I think both look bad. Yeah. I don't know why. Um, the Imperial Knights are awesome. They also suffer from the rushed ending. So I don't know exactly the timeline, but the series was clearly affected by someone outside of the creative process telling them, you have five more issues, wrap everything up. Yeah. Because Crate, well, I haven't even gotten into Crate. But I'll just talk about the Imperial Knights. They were my favorite part, probably. And they had, like, the divided loyalties between, like, serving the light side and serving the Emperor. And we had all those parts with them uh, helping the people on dock, the Mon Calamari, that were being genocided against. And I really liked them. And then at the end, Emperor Rowanfell tries to use a bioweapon, and Antares Draco stops him. But also in that scene are his daughter, Mara Sayafel, and the other cool Imperial Knight, Trey Sinde. And Emperor Fell just, like, knocks them over before he and Draco have this moment. And it's like, well, those characters are also really interesting. Mara Sayafel was set up as one of the most interesting characters because she was going to run parallel to Cade in a sense that they were both born into a legacy and they have a responsibility to certain people because of their name. And she ended up just being Antares Draco's girlfriend for most of it, which was a bummer. I also can't believe someone named a character Draco after Harry Potter has been written. <laughs> like, there's so many things naming-wise in here yeah. that are just like... There was so a lot odd. of weird naming choices. Like, um, Cade's uncle's name is just Bantha. Yeah. Yeah, but Bantha's like the cool, creature. so I was okay with that. Yeah. But that was his chosen, that's, that's I like, think. That's like picking, like, naming your kid Horse. <laughs> or Wolf. Wolf is a name. Isn't it? I mean, you, you, I don't think it's as cool as Bantha, though. I think Bantha's like... I think it's bad. I also really liked Bantha as a character. He was one of the better parts. He calls his kids Kits with a T, which This guy's is not random, to be trusted. Nope, not this to be guy's trusted. A furry. He thinks he's an animal. <laughs> yeah. He goes by Bantha and he calls his kids Kits. Speaking of which, I, admitted, I omitted this from my synopsis entirely because it was so random and had nothing to do with the plot. But there is one half of one issue 
where they go to a planet called Corduji, and a Sith is trying to manipulate the people. They're a very primitive people. They have s- four arms and two legs, and they like operate in little uh, tribes. And uh, this one guy is trying to unite all of his tribes against the Sith, and uh, the Sith are trying to like capture everyone and make them become Sith. And at the end of that part, at the I don't even know what to call it, story, the tribesman that is trying to unite everyone, his kid comes to help, his son, and his son is a dog. And like a literal beast <laughs> with six legs. And apparently, like I looked it up on Wikipedia later, and it was like, yeah, these people are born as dogs and then grow into humans. No. This is why Star Wars is in a better place. Like, no, that's I don't know, cool. man. I, I liked it. I really liked that. I don't, I don't think I do like no. that. That's, that is weird. It was. I was certain. I, I reread that issue so many times because he referred to him. They like mentioned having a son, and they mentioned the son being the dog. And I'm like, surely I'm misreading this. But I wonder is that the first time that they ever introduced that concept of this species? Mm-mm, it's not. So other people who are familiar with legends were like, oh, his kid is going to be a dog. Yes. Okay. Totally normal. Totally chill. Yeah. Like, oh, this is just just a thing. Just like that. I don't know. Um, that's fair. There were, people like to complain in the current canon that there are too many, uh, survivors of Order 66. Well, this is like 180 years after Order 66. There has been another Jedi purge that was <laughs> near complete, and there are still three surviving members of the first Order 66 in this comic. One of them is Darth Krayt, so he didn't survive the second one, he perpetrated the second one, but... People like to complain about that. They don't know how good we have it based on what it was in Legends. Um, Darth Krayt is a human, but is like 200 years old, which is also kind of funky. He also has almost no characterization. Not a good villain. Yeah. They tried to make him like the Darth Vader type, but Darth Vader has a lot of backstory and like personal um, strife and inner monologues. Darth Krayt is just evil... And they like give him a backstory, and he looks but it's cool. not that cool. He does yeah, look cool. That's and that's the thing. I think that it was just like, oh, this character looks cool. No other thing needed. <laughs> you get it visually. This is a bad character. Besides Darth Krayt, all the Sith survive. Also, I tried really hard not to make any jokes during the synopsis. I just wanted to be like to the point. But I, I couldn't help but laugh when I was reading that like. Okay, Darth Havoc and Darth Nile and Darth Talon and Darth Malati. It's all of the Sith survived mm-hmm. the end of the series. So maybe they wanted to do something and then it was canceled. But the fact that it was being canceled is why the ending was so bad. So I don't see why they had to make all of them survive. So I don't really know how that worked out. But that do was you know any key. behind the scenes? Was it like cut short or something like that? It had to have been just because it was that era. Like Legacy War. So Star Wars Legacy is 50 issues. And then it ended in 2010 or 2011. And then Legacy War was six issues and wrapped up the whole storyline in 2011. And then everything was canceled in 2013, which still seems like there was some wiggle room to not make, to take your time more. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It, you can definitely tell it was rushed because there's so many elements. Like Hogrun, the Imperial, the Fell Imperial, the Good Imperial, uh, Master Armorer was also the bad Imperial spy, but that never came up. And not only did it never come up, but he's like the one presiding over the victory speech at the end. So <laughs> that's like not just a question mark. It's almost like a continuity error. I was a little bit confused by the lore as far as 
their form of government because it sounded like there was an alliance, but then at the very end when the good guys saved the day, they went back to just another empire, just but with a good emperor, empress? Um, yes. So the empire was good by and large in this era, and then the Sith hijacked the empire but didn't successfully kill the emperor. So then the empire basically fractured into two different empires, the Fell Empire, which was good, and the Sith Empire, which was bad. And then at the end, the Fell Empire was still good, and so they kept alive. That's a name change. You need a name change, my friend. I know. You need a rebrand. At least call yourself something different. I feel like that's where it's... You're also an emperor? Yes, that's why I'm so fucking confused. (laughs) Yeah, it's super confusing to read also. Around like issue 40 or maybe the late 30s, they start referring to them as the Bastion Empire and the Coruscant Empire, which Bastion is where Emperor Fell was, the good guys, and Coruscant is where the Sith were, which is like a little bit more clear, but not clear enough. I would give you I think that's less clear. $1,000 guaranteeing whoever wrote that son's name was Sebastian, and they named it that. <laughs> Guarantee it. Um, excuse me. I'm looking through my notes. This is McClunky. Matt can cut this down. Uh, the Nobu Queen is mentioned, and... I was like blown away because I never saw her. So mm-hmm. I, I read the whole series and then I reread the whole series to make the synopsis. And on my reread, I noticed they mentioned the Naboo Queen. And it's when, uh, <laughs> I have to phrase this interestingly because it's the bad empire, but the good guys in the bad empire, <laughs> the not terrible guys, Moff Yage and his daughter say, the Moff says to his daughter, like we have a, we have dinner with, at the Naboo Queen tomorrow. And I was like, hey, the Naboo Queen. And then th- there's no Naboo Queen ever in it. Um, <laughs> but on my second watch, I noticed, or second read through, I noticed it's the name of the restaurant that was, that became a restaurant that used to be Padme's apartment. So I don't know why Padme is getting such a legacy <laughs> treatment, but it's the same building. So that's I guess that's so, where they get the name. That's, oh, I don't know, that's so dumb. <laughs> Wait, what is it? I'm confused. It's the apartment building that Padme lives in. Like, you can match it to exterior shots in, I think it is Attack of the Clones, but it might be Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. And they turned it into a restaurant? And now it's a restaurant, yeah. (laughs) Just talk about real estate. That's so dumb. Such a dumb little aspect. It's just so unclear because this bit of lore, which is kind of neat, I guess, it's dumped on you in the middle of the scene where the guy says, we have dinner at the Naboo Queen tomorrow. Which definitely does not imply we have dinner at a restaurant tomorrow. No. It's just a normal also, place. Why would you phrase anything like that? How stupid. We have dinner at, at we have we have dinner at a restaurant tomorrow? Like imagine if I said that to you. Oh, it'd be like if we have dinner at Chili's tomorrow. Yeah, why would I say that? They hey, you want to go to dinner tomorrow? Yeah, we're at Chili's. Well, they Let's had no point to that. It was a reservation. <laughs> we have a reservation. Oh man. Just use the word. Re- I have a lot of They might have used the word reservation, uh, but it was at the Naboo Queen. And I remember thinking it was a weird at and not with and whatever. I didn't think this would uh, bother you so much. I'm sorry I brought it up. <laughs> uh, I had to cut out. I was tr- like I said, I was trying to not include too much of my personal feelings in the synopsis. I had to literally cut out a part when Aslan Ray is introduced. She's an Imperial Knight. And she's also Ganner Krieg's girlfriend and when it's revealed it's like why have a female character unless she's going to be the love interest to a more interesting man because every single girl is someone's girlfriend and it's ridiculous Delia Blue is Cade's love interest throughout the whole thing and she almost gets a little bit of character development with that Imperial missionary but not really but 
not only is she treated horribly like that excerpt that you guys read, mm-hmm. there is biological lore-wise stuff that the people of Zeltros, her alien species, is they are meant to be I'm trying to phrase this more tactfully than the comic does, but what's the point? Because the comic is so clunky with it. They are meant to not be um, monogamous, monoga, monogamistic. Monogamistic? Monogamous? Monogamous, yeah. They're meant to not be monogamous and not like get hung up on one guy. So They're, they're polyamorous, as the kids yes. say nowadays. Because it's not just that they want Blue to be romantic with all these characters. It's because she is biologically coded to be that way. It's like you couldn't make this stuff up mm. if you tried in this day and age. <sighs> Those are all the notes I had. Um, you guys have anything else to say about it? I have questions about just legends in general then. So after in legends, after the events of Return of the Jedi, they just go back to being an empire or is it a new Republic That's and what I then mean. time goes on it's... and then they're just like, ah, screw this whole Republic idea. Let's go back to an empire. That's why I feel like no one, I don't know. Sorry, Luke. Yeah, exactly. And that's the kind of nonsense I didn't want to get into. So I thought Star Wars Legacy wouldn't be because it's 150 years later. Because um, you would assume that it would, you have a completely new slate and you could do something interesting. Even though, you know, the sequel trilogy, you know, harkens back to the original trilogy. You would think 180 years later, you have a complete clean slate. You don't even have to do a Skywalker or anything. And people complain about the sequel trilogy because they're like, oh, it ruins the original trilogy because, like, you know, like, all this is just going to happen again, like, 30 years after this. So what's the point? And I'm, like, learning about this about Legends right now. And I'm like, they didn't even try. They just went straight back to an empire. Mm -hmm. Darth Vader threw Palpatine down the shaft. And then the next day, they were like, all right, who's the next emperor? Like, no. The problem was the system. This is such a random tangent. um, But, like... This reminds me a lot, for some reason, of Rory Gilmore's story arc in Gilmore Girls and how the whole thing she's set up to be... Luke, don't act like you're checked out. You know where he's going with this. <laughs> I, I have not watched Gilmore Girls. <laughs> no, it's really good. You should watch it. But like the whole thing is she's trying to go to Harvard, then she ends up going to Yale, and she's just like, oh, it's all about her grades and stuff. And, it's a, and then the, the show ends, and she's like a kind of a failure on a dropout. And then in the revival, she's just completely lost as a person. And it's the same thing. It's just like, well, we just went through six seasons for, for nothing. The, the end result is she is worse off than the viewer watching. Of being like, oh yeah, she never, nope, just didn't do anything with her life at all. And it's like, that's not fun. Yeah, they never made any progress. Like Luke Skywalker went on to create a Jedi temple. He failed at it, but he did it. I don't know. There's just like, the, this is just doubling down on just like weird, that weird, uh, I think, seediness and maybe, uh, I don't know, like... Um, I don't know. I mean, they're at least trying something different because at least in the current canon, they overthrow the Empire and they're like, hey, you know what was good? The Republic. Let's go back to that. Yeah. Um, It just has like a weird uh, negative out view in the world. That's what I was going to say. Didn't you, Max, read the Legends comic where Palpatine gets revived? Is there no New Republic in that? Uh, I was trying to think, actually, as I was saying all this. I don't remember. I don't remember what the the lore was in the... It was Dark Empire. Dark Empire Empire, 1. Which... I did not really care for it. was only like six issues, but yeah, it was pretty much just like uh, a lot of the same beats as Rise of Skywalker. And that was actually why I read it, because a lot of people were like, oh, uh, Rise of Skywalker was heavily influenced by Dark Empire. And that was a surprise to me because I didn't read this. And I was like, really? Because a common complaint is that they didn't take nearly enough suggestions from the source material from Legends as like mm-hmm. the fans wanted them to. So I read Deckard, Dark Empire 
And yeah, it was a lot of the same beats. It was a clone of Palpatine returned. Uh, he had a secret army uh, with a fleet of planet destroying ships. And yeah, it that was very similar. Uh, that was another thing that was very clunky, McClunky in Legacy when Crate returns from the dead and he had an army of Sith troopers, which I will say Sith troopers in this way cooler than Sith troopers in The Rise of Skywalker. These were like actually Sith and troopers. Those in The Rise of Skywalker, they're just stormtroopers in red armor. Yeah. So this was cooler, but he comes back from the dead and is like, oh, I've been all actually breeding this army for decades and I've got this whole new fleet of ships also but like dude you were already the emperor of the galaxy like if that wasn't your end game what is there's no you can't tell me you were playing the long con with this you had already won for like the first 30 issues yeah mcclunky a lot of it's mcclunky <laughs> ironically i feel like we're losing my message that the best part is the state of the galaxy <laughs> it's like game of thrones where you have all these different factions and divided loyalties and Near incest and um, <laughs> yeah. pedophilia, and uh, like you have all these different factions, and then they come together at the end. And also, much like Game of Thrones, the end is very rushed for one reason or another, and they just throw shit at the wall. And but everything, like the, all these different factions, start fighting with and against each other, and it's super satisfying to see. Yeah, who I kind of laughed at one point when you said somebody was the head of intel and assassinations. Yeah. What a department name. <laughs> Could you imagine telling somebody like on a date, like, oh, what do you do for a living? Oh, I, the, uh, I'm the head of a, of a government department. Oh, what department? Uh, intel and assassinations. Can you I mostly do the intel part, though. It's, it, it's... Applying for that job? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, that was Darth Malati. That's a Sith thing. And there was that one uh, one-off. It was the one with the Cordugie, those aliens with that breed dogs. Um, that Sith goes to Cordugie and tries to... Get them on his side. And then he goes to uh, Bastion to try to assassinate Rowan Fell. And he fails and dies. And then Darth Krayt is like mad at Malati, his head of assassination, that this failed. And she's like, no, it's good because now he won't see our next attack coming. And it's like, why did I read this whole issue? It's just about these dog people and this failed assassination attempt that, in hindsight, never comes back up again. Hmm. There's just so much stuff that never comes back up again that would have been really interesting. Whenever Luke and I go to the comic book store, there's uh, a lot of these legacy issues in the Star Wars box that we look at. And I always laugh at the one that has Darth Crate on the cover and it just says, Darth Crate is not pleased. <laughs> and I think that's so funny. And it's just funny how gritty and dark this comic book is and then they just really reeled it back for the for the covers and they were like should i say darth crate is pissed off and they're like oh no no moms are gonna see the cover <laughs> just say he's not pleased if you open it up though this is a tense genocide of an entire species yeah <laughs> they're really really underselling that a little bit there but I just thought that was funny. Not pleased. It always makes me think of that scene in Attack of the Clones when Anakin is cutting the pair <laughs> for Padme. And he says, Obi-Wan would be very grumpy if he knew I was doing this. <laughs> it is like that. Is it better to do it out of universe where they include the not pleased clunky line for the audience? Or is it better to do it in universe when Anakin thinks that's a reasonable thing to say to an actual other person in yeah. the world? For, for the memes in universe. Because yeah. <laughs> it's really just... You and I, who are appreciating the cover, just joking about it. Yeah. I, I don't know. I tried doing a little bit of research, but to be honest, that 
uh, synopsis video took an incredible amount of time. So almost all my prep work went to editing and recording that video. What I was reading was on message boards, which I didn't think 2006 to 2010 was that long ago, but all of the discourse about it was on message boards. I do not think this series was received very well. That being said, it did run for 56 issues, so it must have done okay. Spanning like six years almost. Right. Um, maybe just most of the Legend stuff wasn't that great, which I've heard before. Yeah. Um, overall, this series does not get my recommendation. I do recommend the synopsis video because it's, it's pretty interesting. And I, if you just hit the highlights of all 56 issues, it goes... I mean, it's a 63-minute video, so don't kid yourself that it'll go quick. But it's a lot of story condensed in that, which is... Uh, more satisfying than reading all 56 issues, in my opinion. Yeah, it was very, very well made and condensed. And I did not like that at the end you said, let us know if you want us to make more of these videos. Because I'm like, whoa, buddy, <laughs> it is a lot of work I did not sign up for. I mean, if <laughs> But this, let us know. If this video does <laughs> we can make the well time, and people really like this format for our Rogue Ones, I would be willing to do it again. Maybe not with a 50. I mean, 56 is... A lot of issues. Like if we did, you this... read it twice too. Yeah, you read 112 <laughs> comic books and then made an entire hour-long YouTube video. Yeah, yeah, you can't make that video just from reading it once. Like you, I, don't, I didn't even remember what happened in the first 45 issues after finishing it the first time. Um, but like if we did this last month with our Han Solo comic, that would have been helpful, maybe. Or I don't know. I'd, I'd be willing to do it again in the future if people like this format. Um, it was. It, I started getting a lot better at it. I'm also not an editor. Matt's our editor, so I had to like learn how to edit for this, which was. Which he beat a around process. the bush to ask any questions and would not tell me what he was doing. So, <laughs> yeah, I it wanted to surprise. I wanted to surprise Matt and Max with this, which I did successfully. But I asked Matt a question about editing, and he gave me a classic person that knows too much syndrome <laughs> answer about something that. I was not asking about, but he <laughs> thought I was asking about, given the context of what I normally talk with him about. So I did learn a lot of it, um, and I am willing to do it again. So let us know. Reach out to us on uh, socials if you like this format, if you've read. Maybe you're one of those people that have read Star Wars Legacy anyway, and you actually didn't have to read the synopsis or watch the synopsis video, and you were able to follow along with our uh, discussion here. In which case, do you recommend Legacy to other people? Because I, I still don't. And I'd like to talk with people that have read it about whether or not they like it or what like the Legends fan community think about this comic series. Yeah. And let's let's try to keep it positive. Let's, what, what, what do you think, listener, is your favorite part of Star Wars Legacy? Because mine was the boobs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, mine was uh, the, the lore and the world building and all the different factions, the... Fell Empire and the Sith Empire, the Sith in general, the Galactic Alliance, all of that high level was very cool. And even the playing fields, I like the pecs and the outline of the weens. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. See you, Sammy. Is there actual bulges? No. I just figured even the playing field. <laughs> you know, we're not biased. Yeah. <laughs> we like everything. Yeah.